0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our presentation entitled Thinking Out of the Box monotherapies versus adjunctive therapies in bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 depression. I'm Dr. Joseph Goldberg. I'm a clinical professor of psychiatry at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York. I'm going to be walking us through some information today about issues in combination therapies in bipolar depression, as well as evidence-based monotherapy approaches. A lot of things have been tried in the treatment of bipolar disorder, in particular the depressed phase. Many have been shown not to work. Today, we're going to talk about what has been shown to work. Starting with polypharmacy or complex combination therapy, this is sort of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, we can often think of the notion of putting together medications that have complementary receptors or mechanisms of actions or pharmacodynamic synergies, where we can actually get potentially greater effects from adding more things on. We do this in infectious disease. We do it in oncology. We do it uh, in cardiovascular medicine. It ought to be no different in psychiatry, although sometimes we hit upon combinations that meet this description I just gave us of of synergy and capitalizing on complementarity. Other times, combination therapies are not always as, well, scientifically informed or evidence-based. So this is a study that um, uh, one of our trainees had done just a couple of years ago, looking at prevalence rates of extensive polypharmacy in the literature in bipolar disorder. Uh, Dr. Kim and colleagues found about a third of people with bipolar disorder end up receiving three or more psychotropic medicines, um, in some proportion take even even more than that. Um, In one of the earlier studies that went into this one, the NIMH STEP-BD program, we actually found uh, as many as I think the high mark was 26 medicines, psychotropic medicines. And what was really interesting with extensive polypharmacy is what drives it. So you might just assume complexity probably drives it. Um, as shown on on this slide indeed history of psychosis more extensive comorbidities uh, lower treatment adherence but one thing that really stood out was greater burden of depressive illness that was a finding we had in step bd and it emerged in some of these other studies that our group reviewed as well so if depression which is the most common mood state we see in bipolar disorder was a piece of cake to treat you might not need 17 medicines to try to treat it or, or rather Depression might not necessarily evoke such a desperate response among prescribers who will throw anything and everything toward a depression, sometimes using medicines that have been efficacious and shown to work, but other times not not as much. So the most common class of medicines that are still used today in bipolar disorder are antidepressants. The name does imply they should treat depression. And the biggest risk or concern with antidepressants is not one has yet been shown to work better than a mood stabilizing agent alone. This is arguably the biggest study in that realm the NIMH Step BD study, um, where we rounded up about 170 some odd bipolar one and two depressed phase patients. Everyone got an antimatic mood stabilizer, such as lithium or valproate or an atypical antipsychotic, either alone or with a monoaminergic antidepressant we studied paroxetine or bupropion and to our surprise there were really no differences in the ones for whom an antidepressant was added to a mood stabilizer versus a mood stabilizer alone in various measures of remission recovery durable recovery transient recovery or even affective switch that is going from a depression into a high was about 10 percent with or without an antidepressant so the main finding from step BD somewhat surprisingly was that for most not all but for most depressed phase bipolar patients adding on an antidepressant to a mood stabilizer was a waste of time it neither helped nor hurt here's another more recent study with a similar kind of design adding an SSRI here's citalopram onto treatment as usual plus placebo so now treatment as usual here was usually lithium or a similar agent and similar to the step bd study what was found was the augmentation of usual care a mood stabilizer but citalopram bought you no greater advantage in the beginning phases there was some numerical advantage over the first few months with citalopram which then at the end of the study sort of uh, lost its significance so, so a finding here a challenge for us as clinicians is if you if you are enamored of the notion of combination therapy what should you add to a mood stabilizer that will enhance efficacy because an SSRI hasn't been shown to do that. Lorazodone has been shown to do that. Here's one of the very few combination therapy studies in bipolar depression, where there is greater oomph with a combination. So patients who are given lithium or valproate uh, as adjunctive therapy, that is combined with lorazodone or placebo, we actually see a greater degree of depression improvement with adjunctive lorazodone than with lithium or valproate. Alone, very similar to what was seen uh, as monotherapy with lithium or Valproate. And the number needed to treat, that is how many people do you have to expose to the treatment before you'll see an additional beneficial case, was nicely low, seven in the case of augmentation therapy, five in the case of monotherapy. So this would count as an augmentation strategy. That's evidence-based in acute bipolar depression. How about long-term maintenance? There is one randomized published trial of lorazodone for relapse prevention and bipolar one disorder, which actually did not show an overall benefit in preventing a future mood episode with a slight twist or caveat. If patients entered the study initially in the depressed phase of illness and responded acutely to lorazodone, as one might hypothesize based on its indication, then there was a greater degree of reduction of risk for uh, a new episode over the course of uh, 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 about up to two years, so this is an important finding because it implies that what gets you well may keep you well. And we're always asking, well, what should I use for maintenance treatment? Uh, the, the axiom "what gets you well keeps you well" is is often something clinicians hold in mind. But here we have some post hoc data saying, well, uh, if there's an initial acute response for depression, then there may be value in continuation therapy with lorazepam the at a mean dose of about fifty milligrams a day. Um, lumateperone, one of the newer atypical antipsychotics that's gotten its indication for acute bipolar depression, also has been studied as monotherapy or adjunctive therapy. And here we see the magnitude of improvement with adjunctive lumateperone is statistically significantly greater, seen on the left, as compared to just a mood stabilizer alone. So we don't have placebo plus placebo. We don't know what no treatment would look like. We can say that mood stabilizer alone, lithium or valproate, does have some antidepressant properties, but augmentation with lumeteperone here, or with lurasidone in the prior study, has an even greater effect. Here's another example of augmentation therapy in bipolar depression that's evidence-based. The combination of quetiapine plus lamotrigine seems superior so the combination of quetiapine plus placebo. So adjunctive lamotrigine seemed to give a greater, more robust antidepressant effect both in bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 depressed patients over the course of about a one-year study. Second study of lamotrigine as an augmentation is this study that's been colloquially called the LAM-LIT study. This is adding lamotrigine to lithium or adding placebo to lithium for acute bipolar 1 or bipolar 2 depression. And so again, lithium has some effect, not a dramatic effect, but it does beat a placebo. And here we see adjunctive lamotrigine has a greater magnitude of improvement of depression symptoms over the course of eight weeks as compared to lithium alone. Sort of suggests that lamotrigine may, while it is an off-label use for acute bipolar depression as monotherapy or adjunctive therapy, does have this evidence base of augmentation with quetiapine or with lithium to amplify the effect for depression. Quetiapine, as you are likely aware, has its FDA indication for uh, maintenance treatment in bipolar disorder, one of the few drugs that has both acute and maintenance therapy indications. The indication for quetiapine as maintenance is as an adjunct to a mood stabilizer, lithium uh, uh, in, in particular. Uh, and so what we see here is interestingly, what is quetiapine preventing? So we have this uh, table broken down into any mood episode or a manic episode or depressive episode. Um, And we see quetiapine has a robust effect as compared to placebo um, in all of these domains. Um, uh, In fact, quetiapine uh, is even more efficacious than lithium as an augmentation uh, in preventing any mood episode and in particular, the depressed phase of illness. So look at the right-hand column. Quetiapine is better than placebo. Lithium is also better than placebo, but quetiapine was even more robust than lithium. If one is interested in preventing a depressive episode, this is an evidence-based option. We've talked about many options that are not so evidence-based. Now, let's look at another study in maintenance treatment called the BALANCE trial. This is a study of bipolar patients who were given either lithium or divalprox or the combination for maintenance treatment in bipolar disorder. The main finding of the study was that the time till the emergence of any new mood episode was significantly longer with the combination of lithium plus divalprox than with dival prox alone the combination was not better than lithium alone so lithium either as part of the mix or even by itself may have particular value that dival prox monotherapy does not if we look toward the bottom lithium alone dival prox alone or the combination um, and the, the likelihood of seeing a new mood episode of the depressed phase was actually highest with dival prox monotherapy and lower with lithium or with the combination so once again lithium may have some edge over Dival pro at least as monotherapy, and the combination may be in particular a more robust strategy to prevent depressed faces, as well as overall episodes in bipolar disorder. So what can we take away from these data? Um, to summarize, adjunctive antidepressants have not shown greater efficacy than mood stabilizers alone in acute bipolar depression, particularly bipolar one depression. In bipolar depression, lorazodone or lumeteperone plus lithium or Dival pro shows an advantage over the mood stabilizer alone, lithium or valproate. And in the case of lamotrigine, augmentation to quetiapine or augmentation to lithium outperforms monotherapies of quetiapine or of lithium. That is the evidence base for augmentation treatment. Lastly, adjunctive quetiapine and adjunctive lorazodone when the index phase of illness was depressed may be an effective prophylactic strategy for bipolar depression. But again, much depends on acute responsivity. Uh, The past is not a guarantee of the future, but it's not a bad guide as we're following patients over time. So thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated.